Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morning Leftovers with your co-host, Zach. I'm here with my partner in crime, Mike Bradley. Hello. So in this episode, we are going to sort of discuss more in depth this week one matchup between the Detroit Lions and the gangrene New York Jets. So since it's week one, we really don't have any statistical information because they haven't played anything yet, but we can give some info from last year. Coming into this game, we'll start with the Detroit Lions. So last year, they were the 32nd ranked rushing team. Um, As you know, there's 32 teams in the league, so they were dead last in rushing. They averaged 76.3 yards a game on the ground last year, which is almost 10 yards less than the 31st-ranked team. So they were pretty far off. It was putrid, bad, disgusting, whatever word you want to use to describe how bad it was. It was that. So not good. Not good. So in the offseason, the Detroit Lions tried to address the running back situation. They drafted Carrion Johnson, the second round from Auburn. They signed LeGarrette Blunt, who won your contract from the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been bounced around all over the place, but he's a train. You know, he can uh, he'll probably take all the goal line work and stuff. Serviceable. Just gonna be uh interesting to see if age starts to catch up to him with that. You know, he's been taking a lot of a lot of beatings the last few years with all that goal line work. Um but if that if their rushing game can just be average, just get in that you know fifteen to twenty range, I think they'll be pretty good. You know, because even though they couldn't rush the ball last year, they were seventh in points per game scored with an average of twenty five point six. So that's. That's a lot of Matt Stafford. Yeah. That's Stafford passing the ball. I He puts up points. If he gets a little rushing game, it could be a good offense. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people have been saying. Everyone's like, oh, you're making excuses for Stafford. We're the 32nd ranked rushing team, okay? We're not saying they have to be top 10. Just no. 20. Get in that 15 to 20 range. That's all we're asking. We're not asking them to be a top 10 rushing team. We're just, you can't be the 32nd ranked rushing team and expect to win, get to the playoffs and win playoff games. Like, that's just not realistic. I'm sorry. I, I get it. It's a passing league now. But if you can run the ball, it's going to open up passing even more. All right. Especially situationally, like third and one, you can't you can't run the ball for a yard. Like, right. But you you can't run the ball and pick up like two oh, yards. Yeah, that's everyone knows you're gonna pass it. So so it makes it easier on the defense, and they know what you're more than likely gonna do. So you know they drafted Frank Ragnow in the first round. That should help their O line. Travis Swanson left. He's actually a Jet now. He was always hurt, and uh, he wasn't that good in my opinion. So um, for their O line, you have Taylor Decker. 
starting from left tackle over. Taylor Decker, who is coming into his third year. Frank Ragnow, left guard. Graham Glasgow, center. DJ Lang, right guard. And Rick Wagner is the right tackle. So, you know, on paper, should be a pretty good offensive line. You know, we have some Big Ten linemen. Wagner went to Wisconsin. Taylor Decker went to Ohio State. Graham Glasgow went to Michigan. TJ Lang went to Eastern. And then we have Frank Ragnow, who went to Arkansas. So he's sort of the oddball out, but they have a lot of picks and money invested into that line. Yes. So we know the talent's there. Now it's a matter of scheme and execution. There's, It's not like we're trying to, uh, you know, it's not like we're working with second and third string linemen. These are all pretty good guys. You know, Taylor Decker coming into his third year, he should make, you know, that leap. You know, there's a leap between year one and year two. Last year he was hurt for a majority of the year, which is really bad. You know, that is always not a really good thing when you don't have your starting left tackle for a majority of the year. But they started off pretty well. I digress. So he's coming into his third season. He should make a big leap. You know, Graham Glasgow is also coming into his third year. He should make a leap. He's played a lot of guard and center, so he has that position flexibility. Um, Ragnow coming out of Arkansas. Obviously, he's a rookie, but um, there's been a lot of hype surrounding him and how good he could possibly be in the next few years. You know, obviously, he they already have him starting, which is awesome, but um, I don't really expect him to be you know, a pro bowler right out the gate. It'll probably take him a few years to really improve. Uh, But the fact that he's starting already, that's a really good sign. He looked pretty good in the preseason. You know, I didn't really watch him closely. And it's also hard to – it's also hard to judge and rank offensive linemen because you don't really know what their – on a particular plate, what their job is or what um, the scheme requires. So it's really hard to – you know, you can say, well, you know, he didn't let, he didn't give up a sack or he didn't, but like on running plays, like you don't know who he's supposed to block and who he actually blocks. So it's sort, sort of hard to really judge a line play, um, but he should do well. TJ Lang uh, is a pro bowl, all pro guard. He should be fine. The biggest thing with him is his health, and he's also, you know, getting up there in age. So he's he's probably got one or two seasons left, really, before he declines. Right. So hopefully he can stay healthy. And then Wagner, you know, he was at Baltimore before he came here. And he's good, but at least from watching last year, like he's good, but you know, sometimes he does get burned and be pretty bad. So, but it's a right tackle. So it's not nearly as important as the left tackle position, but again, uh, he's also pretty solid. So 
overall, the offensive line has a lot invested into it. And hopefully this year, with getting rid of Ron Prince, he was their offensive line coach for, uh, I don't even know. It, it, he's been around for a while. And, it, you know, they uh, called Will Broadman, started his tenure. And they haven't really been able to run the ball ever since. We haven't had a 100-yard rusher since Reggie Bush. That's been a long time. So we're hoping that this year the O-line can stay healthy. They can get some good chemistry. And they can finally run the ball. Play on the offense, I'm excited to see playing this first game. Uh, I want to see what Galladay can do. I want to see him do the whole year progress, take another step. I think he's got huge ability to make change the flow of the game. You know, big body. I think he's got a lot of upside. I want to see him, you know, take that next step right away against this Jets team. For sure, physically he's there. You know, he's got all the tools. Big guy. Um, he can stretch the field. He can jump and get balls. So, yeah, but like like we said, like there's a jump between year one, year two, and then year two, year three. There's There should be a lot of improvement uh, in player development. So hopefully this year he does take that leap, especially with Golden Tate, Marvin Jones still being there. He's not going to – he shouldn't be um, focused no, on. He'll get single coverage. There's no pressure on him. So it's not like, right. you know, he's feeling this weight of, oh, I got to, you know, be the guy. No, he just needs to keep improving, you know, take that next step, as we keep saying. Yeah, so, you know, with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, I expect the same out of them. You know, Golden Tate arguably is the best yak receiver in the league. Yard at, yak stands for yard after catch, so... Last year, he had the highest yak out of any wide receiver in the whole league. He's so good at making the first guy miss, and that's what's so important. If you can make one guy miss, you're probably at least going to get a first down every time. So that's important. Marvin Jones, he's he's not – like he's a deep threat, but he's not. I don't really know how to describe it. Like he's not like a run straight down the middle of the field and – jump and get it he sort of stays near the sideline and he gets like the outs and sometimes i don't know he's it's weird with him he's very good i just yeah i don't know what to classify he's not like a deep like you said but he's not not as good as he's not he's not like a slot like golden tate where he can like catch short passes and make a first guy miss he's not really good at that He's, he's better in the red zone than tate he's got a little more size i guess but he's sort of just there I don't know. He's good. I mean, any team would want him. Yeah. Put it that way. He'd be a starter on any team. I don't know if he'd, he wouldn't be a number one receiver on every team, but I'd say he'd be a starter. He'd be uh, at least a top three receiver on every team. I think other than just a handful, he'd probably a two on most teams. So, so yeah, Lions, you know, ever since Calvin Johnson left, they sort of just – Spread the ball around. You know, they don't they don't have elite wide receivers, but they have a bunch of good ones. So 
for the tight end position, I think that might be the only position on offense where they might struggle this year. I don't know what to expect yeah. out of that at all. It's going to should be ugly. Like we we signed Luke Wilson from Seattle, but he's more of a blocking tight end than a receiver. We cut Eric Ebron, who's now in Indianapolis. He never really panned out to be anything special. That was a waste of a draft pick. Should we get into that? I mean, you can bring it up real quick. Oh, God. (sighs) All right, we're digressing for a few minutes because he brought up something that uh, just – we're just going to bring it up because it just makes me cry. Between them and the Pistons and drafting players, (laughs) it is the most disgraceful, saddening thing on the face of the planet. I don't get how two franchises can have such such bad luck year after year. Every year. So, this was like a week or two ago. Mike and I were, I don't even, we were just chilling. And I don't even know how it came up. But we sort of just started talking about, you know, past drafts with the Lions. Because we were talking about how bad they were back in the day. And like what draft picks were busts. And then we got to like a few years ago. I think it was uh, 2013 or 14 draft. Hold on. I'm going to check real quick. But once I find this, um, all right, hold on one second. All right, so it was the 2014 NFL draft where – we're just going to go round by round. And I, I know, you know, a lot of these picks were steals and maybe not everyone thought these players were going to pan out to be the way that they were. So if we go back to the 2014 draft, the Lions had the 10th overall selection. So just to give a few names within the top 10 picks, just to refresh some memories the first overall pick was Jadavion Clowney. He went to the Houston Texans. He he panned out. Like, he's not an all-star, but he's solid. Okay. Um, Greg Robinson was the second pick. Bust. Big bust. Um, Blake Bortles, you know, yeah. Sammy Watkins, sort of a bust. Then we have Khalil Mack is a big name that panned out. Jake Matthews tackle. To the Atlanta Falcons, he panned out. Mike Evans, to name a few. So those are some big names within the top ten that panned out. Uh, yeah, so the, the Lions had the tenth pick, and they chose and the tenth pick of the NFL draft. Detroit Lions selected Eric Ebron. Yeah, so... Um, We'll just uh, we'll we'll give you a few names right after the Eric Ebron selection. First three picks right after. So 11, 12, and 13. 11, Tennessee Titans draft Taylor Lewan, tackle out of Michigan. He's a Pro Bowl tackle. Good Adam. Next pick, number 12, the New York Giants select Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Good Adam. And 13, 
the St. Louis Rams select Aaron Donald, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Could have had him. Now, if it was just one dude that was right after him, it'd be like, okay, they just missed. But we just named three guys that were consecutively taken off the board right after their pick. That could have been all stars for him. It it, it would it would change everything the face of the franchise completely. Okay, but we're not going to stop there. We're going to go to the next round, okay? Because it just keeps getting worse. Okay, so round two with the fortieth overall pick. The uh, the Detroit Lions selected Kyle Van Noy, linebacker out of BYU. Well, he, he does have a Super Bowl championship. Just not with the Lions. <laughs> they traded him to the Patriots. He won a Super Bowl out there. He started kinda. He did. Now. In this round, it wasn't as bad as the first round in terms of, like, the next consecutive picks after that. But we're going to go to the the later bit of the second round, some players that were taken um, in the second round that the Lions could have had but decided not to pick. So if we bounce down to the second round uh, with the 55th overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals select Jeremy Hill. Now, I know right now he's not really a big name, but when he first came out, you know, he was really good, actually. Cincinnati had him for a few seasons, and he took over the starting role there for Giovanni Bernard. And for two or three years, he was actually pretty good. Um, I know now he's sort of bouncing around, but it still would have been better than Kyle Van Oy. Um, If we go to a few picks before that, two picks before that, the 53rd overall pick, the Green Bay Packers took Devontae Adams. Now he's their number one starting wide receiver. Could have had him. Could have had him. Um, If we go down a little bit to 57, San Francisco 49ers took Carlos Hyde. He's still starting running back. This year he's starting for the Cleveland Browns. Past few years he's been at San Francisco, and um, he was a, he was a stud out there. Um, San Francisco chose to move on from him because they didn't want to give him a big contract, but not not, not a big game changer. But again, uh, better than Kyle Vanoy. Yeah, and if you had him right now or you had him last year, I would say your rushing would have been a little better than dead last in the league. We're going to keep moving down in the second round. 61. Allen Robinson. Jacksonville drafted Allen Robinson. Still would have been better than Kyle Van Noy. Next pick, 62. New England Patriots select Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, yes, we have a quarterback. He could have been seasoned on the bench behind Matt Stafford. And then you could have did what the Patriots did, and you trade him. Yep, and then you would have had more draft picks that would not have included Kyle Van Noy. 
And finally, we're going to go to the 63rd pick, which is the big steal of the second round. Miami Dolphins take Jarvis Landry. Like, I... Now, I know it's late in the second round. Teams probably didn't know that he was going to blow up the way that he did. But looking back on it, the Lions could have taken Jarvis Landry, who would have been way better, once again, than Kyle Vannoy. Now, we're going to go to one more round just to really top everything off. Um... There's not really a lot of big-name picks in this round. But in the third round, the Lions took Travis Swanson, who we talked about a little earlier, who is now with the New York Jets. The third round, they could have had Devontae Freeman, who is now the Atlanta Falcons starting running back who would have been way better than Travis Swanson, who is no longer on the team. Now, if we talk about this, the three, the first three picks of the 2014 NFL draft are no longer on the Lions roster. And I know everything, you know, to expect them to take, you know, any of those top players we mentioned. Second and third round, you could let slip because, you know, they weren't projected to be that well, so they just those teams found gems. But the first round is just really just pathetic. You don't take a tight end with a top ten draft pick, no, in my I, opinion. In the NFL, you do not take a tight end as a top ten. If pick. I'm a GM, I'm not taking a tight end ever within the first two rounds. Yeah, ever, ever. Because they really don't. They're not game changing players. You, there are more needs on any team. I would rather play it safer and just draft line. Like, never take a tight end in the first two rounds, ever. They, they don't change the flow of the game that much. Yeah, they're important. They can catch. They can block. But not worth a first or second round. There are plenty of teams that, have, that can have poor tight end play and still end up being really good. So essentially, we could have had Aaron Donald, Jarvis Landry, and Devontae Freeman on our team. I feel like if we had that, you know, this season, we'd be right there with Minnesota. You know, we'd be uh, Super Bowl contenders. For sure. Because you have a starting running back. Number one, definitely number two wide receiver. And you have arguably the best defensive tackle in the whole NFL. But instead, and we would have had, he would have been teamed up with Sue, back when Sue was in here in Detroit, where he actually like played hard. We would have been monsters. Oh God! You think him and Sue ever talk about that? Probably. Like man. they probably laugh about it. Yeah. Man, Lions didn't pick me. I could have played with you in Detroit. Well, we're playing with each other now in L.A., so uh, I guess everything uh, worked out. Yeah. Fine, but oh, man. what could have been? So, yeah, that's the depressing um, little off-track topic of the day. 
So going back now to the start of this season, game one, the Jets. Um, yeah, so offensively, we expect the Lions to continue the passing game that they've had, which has been pretty good, a uh, good scoring offense. So we just want them to have a decent running game. That's all we're really asking for. So with all the investments in the O-line and the coaching and the running back room, hopefully they can turn it around. Yeah, I'm not worried about offense. Um I'm worried about the other side of the ball, though. That's that's where it's scary to me. That the Lions in the preseason gave up 111 points, which was the second most in the whole preseason. That, that's not good. And yeah, people are going to say, oh, well, a lot of the preseasons, you know, second, third, fourth liners, guys trying to make the team. Well, that's your depth. Right. So... To me, that Sean Lions have no depth at all. Well, I would, um, if we're looking at it, at the whole defense, I would say their DB room has depth, but the D line and the linebacking room really doesn't. Especially the defensive line, they don't like. There's no one that even really stands out. Even their starters, it's just sort of like, oh, there's our defensive linemen. They're just there. Linebackers, our starters are good, but if one of them gets hurt bad, I it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be pretty. Um, you know our DB room, we have Slay, Quandre Diggs, Tavon Wilson, Glover Quinn, Tease Tabor's coming back for his second year. We have Jamal Agnew coming back on his second year. I think there is depth in our defensive back room. That should be the strength of our defense. Our pass defense should be good. Um, I know, you know, with the pass defense, it also depends on our pass rush. But in terms of our the strength of our defense, I would definitely put it on our defensive backs. Uh, you know, on our D-line, we still have Ziggy Ansah, but, you know, we've talked about, how we don't really think he's should be the number one defensive lineman on a team. We think he does better as a complimentary piece to someone else who's like the stud on the defensive line. He's to me he's overrated. So yeah, he's not worth the money, but at the same time he's gonna have to play well this year because he wants a big contract. So if he goes out and lays an egg, he's not gonna get the money he wants. So he's got to play this year. Yeah. Um, linebackers, Jared Davis is coming into his second year. We have Jalen Reeves Maven coming into his second year. We signed um, Christian Jones from the Chicago Bears, and we signed Devon Kennard from the Giants. And we just traded a few weeks ago for Eli Harold from the San Francisco 49ers. Harold and Kennard are the three, four out. They're like three, four outside linebackers. They can rush. You know, they can play the flat. They can cover and pass coverage. They're, you know, those versatile outside linebackers. They're going to fit the mold of what Patricia did, like in New England. You know, 
versatile, shifting guys around. Kind of keeps teams guessing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we expect them to have a totally different defense than what we've seen for the past, even honestly since Schwartz. Because Schwartz, when Schwartz came in, they started running like the 4-3. Four, three, four, three. They had like the wide, the wide nine technique defensive ends, which means they're like, they're far out from the tackles and they pinch down. Um, and then when Schwartz left and Caldwell came in, he had Terrell Austin, who also ran a 4-3 base defense, and we've had that ever since. So now we're transitioning to, even though Patricia won't admit it's a 3-4, which and that his defense, they run a lot of sub packages, so they'll have No, sometimes they'll have like six DBs in the game Um, with the Lions. They also have Miles Killebrew, who has played safety. But this year on the depth chart, they have him as a linebacker. So he's sort of like, you know, with Michigan's team, they have like that Viper position on defense where it's like a linebacker and a safety combined. So it's someone who can cover well, but who's also big enough to come up and tackle running backs and rush the passer. They can sort of, they're like the do it all. Very versatile player player on defense. So, so I would expect the lions defense, you know, we're just going to throw out last year's rankings because they're running a whole different scheme. So I'm not, I'm not even going to bring up, you know, what their defense ranked last year because this year it's going to be totally different. If we base it off New England, as we've stated before in other podcast episodes, I think that the defense will start off slow and they'll progressively get better as the season goes on. They will probably have the – bend but don't break attitude where they'll give up yards, a lot of yards possibly, but if they can hold teams to field goals and have good, great goal line defense. Giving up yards doesn't mean anything. Right. You can give up yards all day. Limit the field goals, you're good. It's when you start giving up a lot of touchdowns. As long as that red zone defense is strong – It'll be fine. Exactly. So so that's sort of our Lions take for the game. Now if we shift over to the Jets, um, in years past, I would say the Jets focus on running the ball and having good defense, although the past few seasons they just just not have been that good of a team. Well, when you're, when you're bad, you're – trailing so you're gonna be forced to throw the ball more right so you become a passing team even if you don't want to be um last year the jets ranked 19th in rushing which is you know sort of middle middle of the pack there kind of where we want the lines to get sort of where we want the lines to be their running game probably would be a lot better if they had a passing game, but they 
haven't had one in the past few seasons. So, you know, against the Jets, teams stack the box because they know that, you know, they're not going to attack them with passing. You don't, you don't think Robbie Anderson's a game changer? No. No? Okay. Not really. And um, they have the other wide receiver they have was from Seattle. They have Jermaine Curse too. So, yeah, real big names for the wide receiver position. And they also have Terrell Pryor. So, wow, that wide receiving core might be the best in the NFL. It's going to be a receiver by committee there. Yeah. They are uh, starting a new quarterback, though. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, rookie out of USC. I thought they'd keep him on the bench for a few games, but ended up trading Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans, got picks. They decided not to start Josh McCown, and they're going to throw their rookie just right into the fire. So, it's his first regular season game against an NFL team who's had time to game plan. I would say the probability is that the Lions can easily take advantage of that just because he is so young and he hasn't played in a true NFL game yet where a team has specifically game plan against another team. Especially with Matt Patricia's defense because they um they hide coverages and they move guys around all over the place. So it'll it'll they'll definitely try to confuse Sam Darnold. Um, yeah, but at the same time the line you've not seen Sam Darnold before. There's no game footage of him really except for a little bit in the preseason. And the Jets, I believe, have a new offensive coordinator, too, so you don't really know what he's going to throw out there. Right. So you can make that argument, too. Um, for their running backs, they still have Bilal Powell, and they signed Isaiah Crowell from Cleveland. So the way I see it, if we can't stop the run, it might be an interesting game. But if we can stop the run, I just our DBs are better than their wide receivers. Darius Slay, you could if if you were going to argue that um, Robbie Anderson is the Jets' best wide receiver, well, I think Darius Slay is like ten times better than Robbie Anderson. So I think he's going to win that matchup easily. Slay should be able to shut him down. Non-factor. That gives you Jermaine Curse. So whoever is our other starting corner should be able to shut down Jermaine Curse. I feel like Curse is – he's got to be about ready to retire. He's been in the league for a little bit, yeah. hasn't he? He's, he was in Seattle for a bit. Yeah, was- I think he played – yeah, he played there when Golden Tate first played there. So he's, but he was there for a while too. So but we definitely win that the matchup there. Our DBs should be their tight – or their wide receivers – it's going to come down to, you know, can we stop the running game? Because if they can run the ball, then they'll run play action. That's when our defense might struggle. So if we can, if our linebackers and D linemen can, you know, shut them down to an extent, I think we'll be okay. But 
if they're running all over us, then Sam Darnold's going to be able to throw all over us because we know he has the talent to do that. So it really just comes down to being able to stop their running game, in my eyes. I think it's a good it's a good matchup for the Lions to have week one. Watching preseason, they're still obviously working things out themselves. So going against the Jets week one is going to be a good chance for them to you know, figure out where they were going wrong in the preseason. It's because the Jets are not a great team. It's not, you know, you're not going against no powerhouse. You'll right. have a chance to hopefully you can even establish a lead and get a little more of your depth guys in there, get them some work too. That'd be the goal. So I remember when we did our picks, I picked the Lions to win this game. I still yeah. have the Lions winning yeah. this game. They should. Home opener, Monday night. They don't really have an excuse. They're playing a rookie quarterback. They should get the job done. Yeah. If the Lions lose? Red flag. Red flag. It isn't. Because then they got to fly out to San Francisco on a short week. Yep. And the way the preseason went, like, Patricia's already going to start getting, like, questioned if they go out and lose this game. Right. They they sort of have to win this game. Because they're, they're, the start of their season's rough, and the end of their season's rough. The middle of the season isn't bad, but they can't start slow. They have to, you know, you got San Francisco and New England and Dallas – and the Jets, you gotta it, you gotta somehow at least split those games. You can't start off zero and four or one and three. It's just, it's not. That would not be good at all. That would derail their whole season. So, expect the Lions to get the win there. Uh, I guess we'll turn the tables a little bit, and if you want, Mike, we can talk about. Your Pittsburgh Steelers maybe a little bit for a few minutes. Maybe some thoughts on Le'Veon Bell still not reporting to the Steelers yet. Uh, the whole Le'Veon Bell situation, yeah, it hurts the Steelers right now. But let's just say they don't come up to an agreement and they you know, trade Bell or let him go or whatever it be. Long term, I think that's good. Is he's taking a lot of wear and tear. You know, you we know running backs don't last long. So short term it would hurt, but if the Steelers end up losing out on Bell, it's not the end of the world. You still got Antonio Brown on that team. Um, they still got other running backs who are capable. I, that whole situation it doesn't scare me as much as it does other people. You know. He doesn't show up week one, so what? You're 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 going against the Cleveland Browns, who yes should be better, but it's still a team that went winless last season. So I game wise doesn't scare me. The Bell situation doesn't scare me. I, I think they'll be fine. Steelers should win it. Should be interesting. You're going up against your uh, your old offensive coordinator, your favorite coach in the NFL, Todd Haley. 
Don't even get me started. No, with Todd Cleveland. Haley. Do not get me no, started. No, I, I want to get started with Todd Haley. Why don't you like Todd Haley? I just don't. I didn't like him the time he got there. I don't like. <laughs> Why? I just they put up like forty plus points a game. I don't. They did. He did not. He did nothing to protect Roethlisberger. Really, like Roethlisberger took a beating. What do you mean they had like one of the best offensive lines and all of that? In his whole tenure there, no. How long has he been there? Was he there? Uh, he up there after. Why you put me on the spot like this? Well, I thought you'd know because you hate them so much, and they're your team. Hey, now I gotta look this up. Because he I was just, the coach at Kansas City before he. Yeah, and came over into the Pittsburgh Steelers. How well did that work out there? They had a good offense. That's when Jamal Charles was in his heyday. Oh, they were good. I think he should have done more to protect Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's a tree. He can't move. I mean, I get. I, I there are. He, he has a ton of weapons. All right, like yeah, they put up forty plus points a game. What do you want? Yes, and a lot of offensive coordinators are probably gonna put together at least a decent plan when you have those kind of weapons. I don't think it was him at all. Really? Really. So you hate Todd Haley because you think that he did not do a good job of protecting Ben Roethlisberger when... You know, last year they went 13-3. and You know, they put up at least 30-plus points a game. I'm not – he is not the reason they really lost in games last year. Good. Because it was definitely their defense. We know that that playoff game was the defense. And in the offseason, I would have liked some changes to be made with that defensive staff. But, no, they got rid of Todd Haley. I think the offense is going to be fine. They're not going to miss a beat scoring-wise. The only setback they'll take would be short-term. Hope not. Le'Veon Bell is not there. But they're going to be fine. I would also agree that they'll probably be fine, but if they're not, then they're going to look really stupid. But like I said, I think they offensively they will be fine. Well, if they come out and the offense is bad, with or without Le'Veon Bell, I will come on a podcast midway through the season, and I will offer an apology out there to Todd Haley, because I'm sure he listens to our show, and I will tell him I am sorry, and uh, I'll admit I was wrong. But, yeah, he got there in 2012, by the way. Oh, so he's been there for a little bit, then. Yep. Okay. Uh, and th- that's another thing is there's a lot of talk that him and Roethlisberger didn't really see eye to eye a lot. So you getting along with your quarterback, it's not good. Yeah, there has to be a good relationship between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. It's more than likely not going to work, but they managed to make it work, I guess. So it must not have been that bad, but. Other than, other than Rothberg and hit a bunch, 
can't say I have anything that really points to reasoning for not liking Todd Haley. It's opinion based. I just I don't like him. Okay, fair enough. So you um, since Pittsburgh your favorite team, so you think um, they'll have a pretty good year then. You think they'll go in week one to Cleveland and get the win? They should, probably on paper. They should. Any the Browns got a lot of changes coming this year, so who do you know who they drafted or they added to their team this offseason, or do you not hundred percent on um, what they addressed? I would hope that they would address the d- defensive side of the ball. But I'm not really. Um, I don't really recall who they drafted. Uh, I can pull up their draft report right now. Hang on. But yeah, um, going into Cleveland, I would also pick Pittsburgh to win. But when we did our division breakdowns, I had Cleveland as my wild card. So it's in Cleveland. I could see Cleveland maybe splitting. With Pittsburgh, like they each take their home win, so I would pick Pittsburgh to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Cleveland somehow stole a game from them, especially with the first game of the year. I think Cleveland's defense will be better. I think they'll have a good pass rush, and like I just mentioned, Roethlisberger's a tree. He can't really move anymore. He sort of just sits in the pocket, so they don't have Le'Veon. They can game plan around Antonio Brown. So you'd be expecting uh, James Conner and Juju to, you know, take on the majority of the work, you would think. So do you have uh, your draft report here? Yeah, first round, uh, they were drafted 28th. They took safety out of Virginia Tech, Terrell Edmonds. Um. They're, I was okay with the pick. I would have rather them taking a linebacker, but he'll be all right. He's uh, expected to play quite a bit from what I remember reading. He should be all right. And then in the second round, they confused me with this pick. I remember watching the draft. They took uh, James Washington, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. I don't think they need another wide receiver, but I don't know. And then third round, they grabbed the uh, supposed future replacement for Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State. So he'll sit behind Roethlisberger all year unless he gets hurt. And hopefully just gets to sit, watch Roethlisberger, you know, work, do his thing, and he'll step in and start playing if uh, Roethlisberger retires at the end of the year, because I feel like it's been like three years in a row now. Roethlisberger's like, oh, I might retire, I might not. So, I think he's a good future quarterback, though. I like that they took him. Yeah, he lit it up at Oklahoma State. Granted, they don't really play defense in that conference, but... He doesn't play defense either. Yeah. So... Hopefully that'll be a good bridge between, you know, switching, handing the torch off from Big Ben to him. Hopefully uh, that'll pan out for you guys. So, uh, yeah, 
it should be interesting to see when, when, or if I'm assuming Le'Veon will report at some point during the year, but sort of wondering how long that'll take. I'm just glad I didn't have him on my fantasy team because that would really upset me. Yeah, whoever got whoever drafted him, kicking themselves right now. Yeah, it's not a smart pick. Yeah. So that should wrap it up for this episode. So we will speak with all of you guys next week when we pick up with our recaps for some of the college football games we talked about earlier this week. So thank you guys all again. Leave us some positive feedback if you have any. Make sure to spread the word, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you, everyone.